0: The text that I would like to draw your attention to comes from Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. how they might kill Jesus. In this passage, we continue to think about the idea of the Sabbath, as well as the identity of Jesus. We learned last time that Jesus is Lord even of the Sabbath. Here we see Jesus demonstrating that authority. In addition to seeing something about his identity, we also see what Jesus has done for us. Jesus saves us and gives us life. That's the point I think we are going to see. We'll see that in the case of the man with the shriveled hand and also in the case of you and me. Well, let's look more closely at the passage and see what happened. Well, in verse 1, we learn that Jesus went into a synagogue. It was probably at Capernaum. The synagogue is a place where Jews meet. Inside the synagogue was a man with a shriveled hand. I'm unaware precisely of what medical condition the man was suffering from, but he was not all that he could have been. Not everyone was Jesus' friend inside the synagogue, for we read in verse 2, some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Some were looking for a legal accusation against Jesus for specifically breaking the Sabbath. The consequences were serious. We're told in Exodus chapter 31 verses 14 to 15 that breaking the Sabbath was a capital offence. That passage says this, Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. It is important to note that Jesus' healing on the Sabbath would not have breached God's law, but it would have breached what the Pharisees thought was permissible, even though the healing was instantaneous and was verbal not involving really any work. Sadly, the Pharisees had forgotten that the purpose of God's law in the Old Testament was to love God and one's neighbor as yourself. We see that in the summary of the law in the two great commandments. Now, according to James Edwards, he described what the Pharisees thought. He said this, Sabbath regulations could be overridden only in cases of endangerment to life. Otherwise, the various schools of Judaism were agreed that the Sabbath must be fully upheld. In the view of the Pharisees, in this case, there is no endangerment to life, and the healing must be left until another day. However, Jesus challenges the authority of the Pharisees and effectively saves the life of the man with the shrivelled hand we're told in verse three jesus said to the man with the shrivelled hand stand up in front of everyone then jesus asked them which is lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do evil to save life or to kill but they remained silent now this question can be understood in at least three different ways First of all, the first part of the sentence, to do good or to do evil, is referring to whether Jesus will heal the man or not. If he does, it is good. If he doesn't, it's evil. The second part of the sentence refers to whether the Pharisees will seek to kill Jesus or not on the Sabbath. That's the first understanding of this question. The second way to understand this question is this. By healing the man, Jesus is doing good, which is equivalent to saving life. The Pharisees, on the other hand, are considering doing evil, which is killing, and it would be in this case of Jesus. That's the second way to understand this question. The third way to understand this question is this. By healing the man, Jesus is doing good. This goodness is equivalent to saving life. By not healing the man... That is evil and is equivalent to killing. I've gone with the third view, but I understand that there could be some overlap between the views. This is the view of Peter Bolt. He goes with this third view as well. He said this, To heal the man is to do good. In fact, to save a life. Whereas to leave the man unhealed is to do evil, in fact, to kill. Not to cure the man would be to leave the man in a state of death. Curing him, on the other hand, would be to save his life. The Pharisees didn't answer the question with their lips, but would have preferred to leave the man unhealed on the Sabbath and effectively in a state of death. Jesus' response? Well, in verse 5, we read, He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Jesus was grieved that the Pharisees would prefer him not to heal on the Sabbath. This would be effectively to kill. According to Timothy Keller, why does Jesus become angry with the religious leaders? Because the Sabbath is about restoring the diminished. It's about replenishing the drained. It's about repairing the broken. To heal the man's shriveled hand is to do exactly what the Sabbath is all about. Yet because the leaders are so concerned that Sabbath regulations be observed, they don't want Jesus to heal this man, an incredible example of missing the forest from the trees. Their hearts are as shriveled as the man's hand. Well, rightly, Jesus heals the man. In Jesus, God is present. In healing the man, we see God's true character. In this scene, we watch the Lord of the Sabbath acting consistently with the Sabbath. On the day that was made for humanity, he cures a man with a withered hand. This was said by Peter Bolt. But in verse 6, we read, Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Since chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus has clashed with the Pharisees on five occasions over the forgiveness of sins, about Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, over fasting, and now over the Sabbath in two different respects. As James Edwards noted, the opposition of the authorities, which begins with silent accusation, intensifies to questioning and concludes in a plot against his life. Remarking upon the absurdity of it all, Edward said the authorities denied Jesus the right to do good on the Sabbath while they conspired to do evil on the Sabbath. For the Pharisees, Jesus undermined their authority, constituted a threat to religion, and was a hindrance to Pharisaism in Galilee. For the Herodians, of which we know little about, it is likely that they saw Jesus as a charismatic figure who would undermine the secure rule of Herod Antipas in the eyes of the Romans. There'd been popular uprisings before. According to Paul Barnett, the Tetrarch, that is Herod Antipas, needed a stable population in Galilee to impress his Roman masters that he was fit to keep ruling. Well, whatever the reasoning, it was through the hardness of heart of the Pharisees and of the Herodians that they planned for Jesus to be put to death. According to Peter Bolt, from this point on, their scheme to kill Jesus casts a dark shadow across the narrative or across the story, for it immediately raises the question of whether and how this intention will be realized. Well, in the case of the man with the shriveled hand, we see that Jesus does good and brings life where there is death, which was at the expense of Jesus' own life. Bringing life where there is death is something that Jesus also does for you and for me. Just as Jesus does not allow the man with the shriveled hand to remain in a state of death, and is prepared to die in order to bring life. So Jesus does not want us to remain in a state of death, but he did die in order to bring life. Of course, that life is referring to spiritual life. According to Robert Steen, his death was not a defeat or a tragedy, but rather the means by which he would save the lost. To show you how Jesus did this, we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Well, all humans are in a state of spiritual death and face physical death because of their sin. However, we go on and learn in Ephesians chapter 2 in verses 4 to 5, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God is able to give spiritual life that will one day lead to resurrected bodies. We shift from a state of spiritual death and physical death to spiritual life and resurrected bodies. This happens the moment that we begin to follow Jesus. Our sins and our transgressions, they are forgiven. This is more wonderful news than even the healing of the man with the shriveled hand. It is for all humanity provided that we follow Jesus. The alternative to following Jesus is to reject Jesus like the Pharisees and the Herodians. God's wrath is upon those who do reject Jesus. That is God's word to us. The question I think that this passage puts to us is will we follow Jesus or reject him will you follow jesus or will you reject him well in this passage jesus clearly demonstrates that he is lord even of the sabbath but also shows us that he saves life he healed the man with the shriveled hand and in so doing saved his life jesus also saves us when we follow him. Let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for sending your son into the world to save us. Please enable us to respond to your grace and follow your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.